Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to Cavalcade. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Brad, Sean, and Kale from Cavalcade. How are you guys doing? Good. Very good. Good. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Good. Awesome. Good. And we have fans. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you guys for being on. And we have got a, uh, one of their fans, Jacob. Jacob, how are you doing, man? You know, I'm doing great. It's just a thrill to be here. <laughs> awesome, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> he's, uh, so, you, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he's also our legal counsel. So, uh, you know. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, we, we, we like to bring him into every interview just to make sure, uh, you know, we don't overstep our bounds or, uh, you know, bring any <laughs> trademark products in or you know, show any logos we shouldn't or anything like that, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Sean? Sometimes. Oh, cool. All right. Oh, fellow. <laughs> so, uh, I think the very first time I saw you guys was at Berserker, um, like Berserker 3, I think maybe it was. Um, yeah. And, uh, then I didn't see you again until the, the I think it was the very last Oig Fest, right at at Max. Um, both fun and shows. I, yeah, both fun. And I remember both times and and distinctly the first time I saw you guys because I I don't think I'd even I didn't really know you guys really at all. Um, and I saw I, I was listening to you. And I'm like, this is a fucking trip. These guys are it, it's heavy, but like there's like this crazy jazzy new wave kind of thing going on and then like these black metal vocals and i'm like what in the fuck is happening here <laughs> and I, I, it, it was like this kind of mission achieved horror yeah, it was like a horror movie acid trip is kind of what i was thinking of and uh so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how you guys would describe your music see i i don't know if you noticed this but um we use something from one of your reviews of one of those sets as our bio on instagram um just because oh, i like it so much yeah the uh, <laughs> i think it was like the stanley clark meets neurosis on acid or something like that which i felt was uh felt was pretty um appropriate but uh but yeah so it's funny that you should ask that because it's like we totally actually like jacked your description before I don't think we, I mean, it, at least from the start, we never really put much thought into it. Um, like that Berserker set, um, Craig and I used to play in a punk band uh, that played with uh, Sean Knight from Child Bites, old like indie band. Um, and so uh, he, um, you know, he helped out a lot, like giving us on uh, a pretty good spot for us on that show because, uh, you know, as you know, from watching us, uh, uh, whereas we can fit in with a lot of different bills with the t many different types of genres that we touch on. We also can alienate a lot of like metal shows that are like very straight up the middle. So um, I think he had us, I, I can't even remember, like he had us between a couple good acts for us to, to fit in there. So, um, yeah. you know, I think that uh, we got to meet some more people that were uh, a little more adventurous like yourself and and stuff that night so so that was a fun time but uh but yeah no none of this is uh i don't think any of this was really by design like we all just uh we all played in all ty types of different bands and uh and then just wanted to be in something with like our best friends uh just because you know when you're in bands for a long time 
Um, you know, sometimes there can be some uh, interesting times, you know, like yep. interesting yep. personalities, like maybe you mesh with people musically early on and maybe not as much personally down the line and, and stuff like that. Not that I had anything that dramatic, but, um, you know, I really, I've known um, Craig and Brad since, uh, you know, we were kids and stuff. So we, we grew up around the same place and we're all born within the same two weeks, uh, which is really strange too. But uh, oh, no, uh, Sean, Sean <laughs> recorded us early on and, and, and didn't hate it. Like he got it. So like, I'm, I'm so stoked, stoked that he's, he's along for the ride. So I'm done. Cool thing that, um, I had started recording these guys. And of course they sent me demos and I was like, okay, it's noisy sludgy shit. When I started recording it, I realized that like, there's a different guitar play that I've never really heard before. So I was kind of like, man, this can be really ugly or it can be really pretty. You know, it's like, it's, a, a borderline there and that's i was always interested from that point on so then when the singer thing came along i was like dude i'm down because i've never heard anything like this you know so yeah so i was really intrigued by just what the fuck was going on because i've played music all my life you know and you can go okay you listen to a band and go hear the bass is doing that the guitar is doing that yep but this one, i was kind of like well, wait who's doing what you know and i i still I've been with them for like eight years, you know, and I still have moments where I'm like, I don't get it, dude. You know, because <laughs> I've recorded them, but it's like, it's, that's what I like about it is it keeps the, the ether fucking weird. And there's always kind of something that like makes it go, what? But that, yeah, you know, like, that's what I like about it. Cause I think if I was just going to do the same shit I've always been doing, I'd be done with music by now, you know, because it was just, I needed something that, challenges me and i thought these guys challenged me so that's 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 my thing was always like this is the weirdest thing i've ever heard i don't understand it but i like it that, yeah. that was my glue to the whole thing you know like i'm down you know if i'm just your producer you know <laughs> awesome coming from coming from all different directions i think that like when we started to there was an element of like let's throw out some weird parlor tricks or try something different just because, um, you know, like we were all playing really different stuff. I think when we all started and it was, uh, it was interesting to try to, um, you know, rather than like look at each other's hands and just see what the other person's playing uh, and then just doing that, especially like as a two guitar band, um, we thought it'd be really funny to uh, funny. Um, well, I don't know. Interesting, funny, maybe yeah. Um, yeah. to play in B, F sharp and E to kind of do the um, uh, sevenths and fifths sort of thing. Um, whereas like if you saw someone else where they were at on there and like went to the same place, it's going to be more of like a harmony or or, uh, you know, something weird like that rather than, uh, you know, just kind of playing the same thing. But um, I think yeah. rather than just playing harmonies, we, we kind of like went off the map a little bit because of all that. So um, the interesting thing is that like between the three string instruments um, and it, it's never really conscious, we just like write songs together and stuff. Um, but like, we'll write a song and then I'd be like, oh, wow, I just really fell into the pocket of being the baseline on that one, you know, <laughs> and I have the, the highest tune instrument in this band, but it still sounds like a baseline. So um so yeah like we just kind of trade off roles that way without trading instruments and uh and it's really it's really a fun time so so brad how would you describe the the music that you that you're making in cavalcade uh the weird thing to me is it doesn't 
seem that weird. <laughs> so <laughs> it all comes out naturally that I'm like, when some people's telling me it's so weird, I'm like, there's a song structure. What are you talking about? Like, it's not, um, I'm trying to think like, you know, it's not like Phantomus or, you know, Phantomus or, uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we, we, uh, we really heard... do use the pop song structure. There's a lot of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus sort of stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, unabashedly, uh, Paul McCartney's, like, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, everyone trashes him, you know, and it's just like, uh, I don't know. I love, I love that song structure, but also keeping it weird, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you were there's, hitting... There's... On... Oh, go ahead, Brad. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was to say, I've seen far more stranger and weirder bands in like Lanson and basement shows and like uh but i think it is the dichotomy of just where people it is a little bit different with the black metal vocals and well and sean also throws in clean vocals as yep. well yep. which has been awesome to see him develop into that and has a hell of a great voice and uh but then you know we had the keys and just different instruments and i think people are just like what are you trying to do? Because some people are like, this is just the setup. This is your punk setup. This is your metal, black metal setup. This yeah. is your stoner metal setup. And we just kind of like, okay, this is what we did. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, I think Kale hit it when, and I hadn't thought about it until just now when you were talking about it in the fact that um, like both of you as guitar players, you're not saying playing the same things together, right? You're not even trying yeah, to do, oh, you know, we'll, we'll like some hit. kind of octave thing or inversions. You're you're kind of going off on these tangents, but it all is weaving together. I think that's the thing that people feel weird because it's like you're used to, you know, guitar, bass, you know, like chugging along together. Maybe the drummer's doing something. Maybe throwing some keyboards to do some kind of weird melody. But you guys are just—it's this crazy. It, it that's what it just feels like to me. Just like this weird weave that kind of comes together it's, it's wild we'll, we'll we'll bring it together for a chorus and stuff you know like i mean when it when it fits the song like we'll bring it together mm -hmm. and actually ask each other what note they're playing and stuff like that and like try to <laughs> try to meet up a little bit but I, I do think that like one of the like i don't know if it's like laziness or just what it is like i or just too many people following the rules because no one really wants to you, you know i feel like Whereas like, there's a lot more options now you can open things up a lot more a lot of people still try to um, kind of like play it safe, uh, or, you know, anytime, it's rare to I'll put it this way, it's rare to see like a two guitar band, um, much rarer than I ever thought it would be like when I was younger and like my dad was playing his classic rock records with um, you know, two different guitars, just like really like splitting your like brain in half, you know, and like you have to kind of follow both sides. Um, you know, you see a lot more people just um, with two guitars, either using it to kind of thicken things up, which is a totally, you know, I mean, works to great effect. Uh, yeah. And I don't have anything against it. Um, and then, you, and if not that, then it's like sort of the classical, um, you know, rhythm and lead guitar sort of thing. And it, it's really funny yeah. when people have been like, uh, you know, like people doing sound or whatever, like which one's the rhythm guitarist, which one's the lead guitarist, and Brandon and I's like <laughs> brains break a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it it changes a lot. Like, we didn't we never really thought about it like that. It was just kind of like, uh, how can you compliment uh, the other person? You know? Yeah, that's cool. I think awesome. We get back to the thing of what we probably could consider ourselves. Someone called us once a uh, black metal grunge. <laughs> we do you know, love the loud soft loud dynamic uh uh you know 
thrown I, I, it almost to the point that I'm a little bit ashamed sometimes. I'm just like, maybe we should try it. But I don't know. It's so effective. It's so good. We need to just write out fucking open, like, black jammer and go blow their <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you know? Oh, I love tram picking. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't te- don't tempt me with a good don't threaten me with a good time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so fans with bands is is about you know the bands and the fans, and so I want to make sure I give some time to Jacob. So, Jacob, do you have any questions for these guys? Oh, you're muted, buddy. Actually, my first question is for you, Chuck. Do you is this video <laughs> going to be anywhere online? Because I'm playing Big Trouble in Little China behind me. <laughs> that's an awesome movie fantastic uh, no i i uh, i'm a lazy bastard as far as uh the video so i'll just be using audio for the podcast cool there will be a thing on youtube but there, yeah so we'll, there'll be no copyright it yeah i was gonna say probably with your head in front of it there's not gonna be any uh ai yeah, picking it, up it, on one it, what it leaves a lot to the imagination um <laughs> so uh I guess, uh, you know, one thing I, I think about, because uh, I have a list of questions that I keep for Cavalcade at all times, uh, is, you know, I think about, I've seen you guys in concert over, I think, maybe eight years now, and I probably have heard these bastard years from you guys consistently, like from, from your first album into Bolivian. And I always wondered about, like, is there anything special about that song that's had a lot of lasting power for you guys? I know you still play other things from into Bolivian, but I probably heard these bastard years the most. So that's my question. Please tell me this is not a pre-prepared thing that I already knew the answer to, because I swear we've had this discussion at some point. Don't throw us <laughs> softballs, Jacob. Mix it up. All <laughs> right. No, no, I don't know if you actually, like, I, I can't remember if we actually had that discussion, but that was actually, uh, Brad and I, when we were much younger, played in a band together called Rosemary, and uh, and that was actually like uh, these bastard years was a set of riffs that um, I had for that band, but then we kind of broke up and I never really um, got to use it for anything because I was kind of in like different types of bands after like more like punk bands were you know um, you know I try and bring that there and they're like why are you playing so slow um, but <laughs> I you know I'm just like because I've been listening to sleep constantly even though I'm in like punk bands right now. Um, but uh but yeah no um uh yeah that was a a song that uh and so when i started drumming or drumming when i started playing with our first drummer um funeral uh this is just his nickname is funeral so we'll leave it at funeral great dude um we used to practice in his basement which we called the funeral parlor uh but i just kind of had like a standing jam with him which was just like to kind of get some of these like riffs out of my system um and then that kind of is what became this band. So he and I were already kind of jamming on that one um, when I was like, well, you know, Brad was willing to come. And I don't know, Brad, you can kind of take it from there. Well, it just, yeah, it was how pretty much like the band, first. How you joined the band and we wrote that song. So <laughs> pretty much that was the first, that was the first jam and the one that kind of got solidified as a song. And then, we got John Bruce in, it got more solidified, and uh, I don't know, it kind of became a, I don't know if you should say anthem, but it's something that, like, when you're playing a house show or Max, it's just a good, dirty, sludgy song, and it just, the way the lyrics go and everything, it just, like, I don't know, it just fits that kind of, like, 
uh, uh, underdog punker vibe that persists in Michigan <laughs> that I don't, I don't know. That's, there's something that always just reminds me of like, that's just kind of a uh, cavalcade. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, it's, it's funny because uh, our, um, our original singer left for uh, like basically he was taking over, uh, you know, uh, kind of helping his dad out with the company he was running and stuff. So he had a really good, opportunity to move out to boston and and do that and uh and so we were kind of at like this inflection point where it was like you know we we do a lot of different things all of us i mean like as much as um all of us love metal like we all have a lot of uh love for like post-punk new wave type stuff and Mm -hmm. and darker but like also prettier type stuff and and it's just really easy for us to write that in that sort of territory too um, so I think there was this thought of like, when he left, it's like, do we, um, you know, do we get a different type of thing? We, we actually like had a few people like pop up and say, like, they'd be interested in working with us. And, and some were female singers and we're like, we could just take this a whole different direction and do something different, like different band name, yeah. but like Craig and Brad and I still really wanted to play together. Chris was in the fold at that point And, um, and, uh, uh, you know, um, was, you know, kind of on the same, in the same boat that we were. So it was just like, at that point, I think the funny thing about these bastard years is like, that was part of a, like a set of songs at the time where it was, uh, I think with Sean saying, you know, after he had recorded us, he totally got it. We, you know, get along with him. Great. Um, it was really hard to first of all picture like being like no we're <laughs> we're going to do something different like since he had he had um you know uh, uh sort of stated his interest but um but also i think another big thing was that like we were like man i still want to keep playing these songs even though we've been playing them you know i don't know five six years at that point uh like i could build a house and live in the groove in the chorus of that song so <laughs> it, like it's just uh, I, I don't, I, you know, obviously we take breaks from it and stuff, but like that one will probably keep getting thrown in um, as long as we're around. It's like our uh, Seek and Destroy or something, right? Like Metallica. <laughs> they play every Yeah. Show yeah. Like, but it's fucking, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dirty. It's, it's, it's got breakdown that you can go, what the fuck are they doing? And it comes back and smacks you in the face. It's just, it's all of the things that music's makes music you know especially especially when you're recording that breakdown you're like what the fuck are they doing <laughs> we re-recorded that just as a lark for 15 years later and like it's so funny trying to explain to him what's going on in the middle of that and i'm just like i can't i can't even like hit it the same way i did <laughs> for how long i still was like what the fuck is going on there <laughs> got it but man it took a minute where i was like I didn't realize the entity that was going on there, you know? In the midst of the planet live, you're just like, yeah, it's just he's doing that, he's doing that. When you start breaking down into time. Well, well the funny the funny thing we realize is that our, our second drummer, uh, John Bruce, is like more kind of of like that Fugazi school. Um, mm -hmm. So he's a little jazzy and stuff. So like, yeah. Uh, but also like, whereas like Chris knows us pretty well and is is assertive enough to take part in the songwriting process like john definitely like reined us in and like helped structure songs and stuff but it was a little less vocal thing and i definitely think that that song is a really good example of a part that like rhythmically like we were doing something that didn't make any sense 
and we played with two drummers that totally let us get away with it and just worked around it. So like, like <laughs> listening back on that and like, you know, being with Chris who like, where it's like, okay, we can't get away with um, being crappy anymore. Uh, you know, it's just like, he played it straight through and I'm like, why is my part not working anymore? And I was like, wow, John Bruce really just like fixed, just made this work, even though I was like missing a beat somewhere along the line. So um, it's funny to like go back and see this stuff and be like, be like, why didn't you say something? Like, I want to take it like personally. To see like Chris has like a Ringo vibe to him that like, I don't know how to, who to compare John Bruce to, but it's like, Chris has this like, okay, this is what we're doing right now. This is how it feels, you know? Whereas John Bruce was like, it's this every freaking time, you know? And I think that's cool because when we play it, we could take that middle part and go, yep, we're going to slow it down to where you think we can't play any slower. <laughs> what the fuck, you know? Or we just play straight through it, you know? The feeling of the room, you know? That's what I like about Chris is he's like, he's like, I'm going to be spontaneous and you follow me. And we have spots like that where he'll do that, where they'll just go, okay, today, right now, it's going to be like this. <laughs> we rock that, you know, or we take it down and build it back up, you know, and it's it's fun because it keeps that spontaneity, you know what I mean? Of that's what's cool. Yeah. Songs. Sometimes they'll play it straight through like it's always been, and sometimes they'll come to that breakdown and just go one, two, three, four, and it's just fuck. The room just deadens, you know, because it's so fucking slow. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's a funny story, actually. Like, uh, so, uh, is it, yeah, it's these bastard years. We, uh, so we got to tour with down at one point and, uh, and so like, you know, we're playing in front of a lot more people than we usually do. And like, yeah. when you have parts in your song that are like really kind of meant to like give the audience like this, like moment of like pregnant pause or something like that, like it's one thing to play that in like a club, uh, you know, maybe a club where a lot of people know you, maybe they don't know you, but it's like, you know, we're used to being on a little bit more like adventurous bills or whatever. So playing there, like we have this part where like, I will is based on like our response actually for a long, I don't really do this as much anymore. Cause I'm not quite as much of an, I'm a little less of a angry adult than I was like, uh, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, like we would uh, we would i would really depending on like how the crowd was and how much i thought it would annoy them like i had the ability to when everything cut out just like play that like one note per like 18 seconds essentially like done <laughs> done you know like even slower than that and so like with that show like there was some yeah, there was actually a lot of people into it but there was some people like shouting some stuff as you might imagine um anyone oh, that's yeah. coming to see a, a phil anselmo band and you yep. know is getting some crap that's not phil anselmo ahead of time like you know they're gonna they're gonna react yeah, like that fucking regardless. get off the stage bitch uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so so i was like all right well i'm gonna take them on an adventure and see how long i can get away with playing just like these one notes so i'm like doing this and i'm like sidestepping like bottles that are being thrown at me and stuff and like one finally hit me and then i'm like okay that's awesome uh jacob you got any, got any other questions you want to ask frantically searching my google drive right now <laughs> Uh, I, I got a question and uh you know i saw the the quarantine ep which i loved 
and um, I got I got a I don't know how did In Excess make it into the the covers that you would do and that song in particular, Never Tear Us Apart. I mean, it's really it's really well done. I, I mean, it's not like thank you, um, thank you, um, yeah, but, a, a butchery of that song, but it, it 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 retains the integrity of the song, but it has your your take of it and. I was I was just kind of shocked. I was like, you know, I'd never really thought of you guys in in excess. Although after I heard the song, I thought, you know, this kind of fits. Um, so, so I was there's, curious, there's kinda, where, where did that come from? There's kind of a, a like a easy answer to that one, and then there's kind of a less easy answer to that one that I'm going to throw it over to Brad for. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the like the reason we started playing that show is we got asked to play um when fusion shows was was uh doing shows in lansing um we got asked to play one of their uh cover sets and you know rather than cover just one band at that time and in, in it's it was an interesting time for us too because it was when we still had our old singer but chris had just joined the band um as our as our drummer so like he was kind of still learning the cavalcade songs and we were like practicing with him on those um but we we're like you know this could be kind of interesting to um craig had mentioned something about like knowing some friends of his that had like sort of done this uh donnie darko set you know um <laughs> and is as much criticism as that movie gets for its uh you know convoluted plot or whatever at this point um you know it's got some good acting performances or whatever i won't trash it uh myself yeah, it's a great but, movie I think um i, I I, I get I get like whatever where people are coming from it on both sides, but at the same time it's got an amazing soundtrack. And like I mentioned before, we yeah. both really or we all um, really like a lot of uh, post punk and new wave type stuff. Um, so yeah, we went to take songs off that soundtrack um, and just do a set like that, uh, well dressed like characters from the movie, and then make a uh, so. Uh, Craig and I's punk band prior to this was like a big spectacle sort of thing. So uh, like there was legitimately like 20 plus members in it and it was just this <laughs> goofy thing um, that we'd make like things for and we'd like script sets around like watching Clue and stuff like that. We didn't practice in like 10 years. So we played the same song every set. But the thing was that we do something different every set. Um, so coming from that space, uh, we made a jet engine pinata full of candy. So, you know, like at the end of the movie, a uh, jet engine falls down. At the end of our yeah. set, we had a jet engine explode and candy went all over. And, um, <laughs> you know, probably like most things we do, no one really got it entirely. But we covered a, a whole grip of New Wave songs for that. Um, I think the only one that we picked from the soundtrack that didn't work out was uh, Notorious by Duran Duran. Yeah. Um, because uh, it turns out there is there's bass on that and then there's like bass synth and i think like we were trying to do both on the bass and it was just like craig was just dying so <laughs> then we finally realized later on what was going on so um but yeah so that that's where some of those new wave uh covers came from we did uh killing moon um never tear us apart uh and it that recording and never tear us apart was actually like right after sean joined the band um, we did a version of that like over at the Good Time Gang House and uh, and like Tommy recorded it and I just didn't even realize that was still floating around. So we, uh, Sean, Sean mixed it and made it sound pretty and we put it on that EP. So uh, yeah, so um, we had a couple of Tears for Fears songs from that that we could probably still oh. bust out 
you know, Mad World. Um, a little practice. Uh, awesome. Mad, yeah, Mad World. Uh, uh, we did uh, Under the Milky Way um, by the church, I think, also. And, uh, and yeah, the, I think that pretty much. Oh, no, we, we did um, Level Terrace Apart by Joy Division. And yeah. it sucks because I love Joy Division and we just massacred that it was so bad <laughs> it was so bad live like that whole set was like way better than it should have been i was in a the bunny suit and i couldn't see it all so like uh yeah it was because we all tried to dress like different characters from the movie and and uh and i drew that straw so um so yeah it was it was interesting but yeah that's uh probably uh so Kind of like on the new wave tip, like Brad had a night that he was telling us about his musical preferences uh, that kind of was at the beginning of us, like starting to think about the new wave and post-punk thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'll let him tell you about that. About uh, the night you were talking about, I think people were talking about High on Fire and somehow you got onto new wave from there. Uh, oh no, it was <laughs> rock and roll. I, I told uh, I told Harky I liked rock far oh. more than metal. <laughs> 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 oh i thought it was new wave how did that story get like moved into like i love new wave far more than metal far more you know just like uh i don't I think know started, that's the version i always heard for some reason people just started throwing it in because it was just this ridiculous thing because of liking so much metal but they just started throwing in like whatever topic i was on that week uh you know if i was on a lily allen kick like brad likes lily allen far more than metal so people just started like or if no. I was on a Yaya's kick, and they're like, I saw your like, I, more than, like the food place, Yaya's, and <laughs> just instant. <laughs> I saw your comment, Jacob, and this had already telephoned itself in a new way by the time I heard it, I'm sure. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure of that. Uh, but, but yeah, I think the reason I associate with High on Fire, and that makes a lot more sense then, is. Uh, I think that's when they released their more like sort of motor heady type album and, and you were like digging on it and other people were like, Oh wow, that's a big change or whatever. But yeah. For high on fire. Yeah. I love high on fire. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so but, good. but yeah. Sean, uh, Sean, what was, so you came in and that cover was one of the first things you recorded with us, I think. So yeah. Do you remember uh, that or? Yeah, well, we actually rehearsed it a couple times. I think we even played it live. And as before, I started playing keys. Um, but it was like, a, I, it was the first time I realized it was a waltz. You know, you guys, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, yeah. six, four, yeah. So it's all this, um, it was kind of like a, I just thought it was a good, you guys have really recorded it well with GTG. And I was just like, man, I can put vocals to this, no problem. And, I think when it came down to putting it on the um, EP, it was just kind of like, man, this has been laying around. This is pretty good. You know, like, why don't we do something with it? You know, so it's at least acknowledging the, you know, the legacy of Cavalcade, you know, because uh, we we do a lot of cool covers, man. Sometimes they don't get fucking uh, documented, you know. Um, We got, I mean, Kale talking about the... uh, uh, Donnie Darko thing we have a version of Killing Moon we recorded we just haven't finished it you know and it's it's one of those things where that song for some reason has been hard vocally for me I don't know why 
but I think it's because the cavalcade tuning. Oh, we play it in a different tuning, or else I would have to use a capo like way up the neck on the guitar. Being in a what's weird about the tuning is you know that some songs they can play exactly same notes. Sometimes they gotta like figure out how it works for what they're doing, you know. So it makes it even more interesting, I think, as a cover. Um, yeah, and I hope hope some hope sometime we can get that finished because that was it. Sounds great. It's just yeah, we we've got that. We've got a Nirvana cover we're setting on. Um, oh, hold on, this is my favorite part of uh, this is my favorite part of Big Trouble in Little China when Cavalcade's playing. <laughs> Sorry, in the background. I just, I just noticed that Jacob's background switched from Big Trouble yeah. in Little China to us somehow. So. Oh, yeah. And wh where is that at? Is that at the Loving Touch? It's at the Pyramid Scheme. It was from... Pyramid Scheme. Yeah, oh, okay. it was just uh, about almost three weeks ago, right? Oh, shit. Awesome. Fantastic. Two, three weeks ago. That first show, first show back for Pyramid Scheme, too. And all the bands. Uh, yeah. One big... <laughs> so, yeah. That was a hell of a night. It was a cool... It was a cool experience. Um, I didn't even realize this uh, when they asked us. I, um, uh, my mom lived in Grand Rapids growing up, and um, I didn't necessarily live out there most of the time. But uh, you know, I, I got to meet a lot of people and bands out there. And in uh, uh, my friend Derek um, plays drums in Charles the Osprey, and uh, and he asked us to like play this for show back because uh, Pyramid Scheme had them you know set up the show. Um, because, and this is what I found out actually when we were there is that they were the first, they were one of the, they played the first show ever at the pyramids. Oh. So, oh, really? So it was awesome to have us back. Like I didn't understand the significance of things coming full circle and them, um, them doing that. Yeah. But it was really cool it. for them to, to have us there for that. Awesome. So, uh, Jacob, did you think of some other questions? Yeah, I have a question for Craig. Uh, what is the history of him and just finding all sorts of noise-making toys to include? Because, like, I, I, I was coming through all my pictures and I found this clip. And, of course, he's slamming this thing that has, like, a horse topper. Uh, is he here? Attached to a cable. It, he, I mean, he, are you on the call, Craig? I mean, no, he's, he's not. not. Uh, so it's going to just – what can you guys – uh, give a history of Craig and, and these noise-making toys. W did they exist with Cavalcade from the beginning? When did he decide that bass wasn't enough for him and he just needed something else to distract him? <laughs> Brad knew him first, and I feel like this could go all the way back to his childhood, so I'm like, please. I feel like it, this, this would be his response. I don't know, man. I just like making noise. Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what Craig would say, and it's why I don't want an answer from him. Uh <laughs> Please, you guys witnessed he, he likes toys. God damn it. Um, I, I think he thinks he's not a good bass player, too, which is dumb. He's actually great, but so he, like, throws all this other stuff because it's like, I, I mean, I get it, too. Like, I've, I've been that auxiliary guy in other bands and stuff, and um, I'm like, well, you know, the fact I can't play this one instrument, great. Like, maybe if I play a lot of them, you know, like, I can't say that's necessarily where he's coming from, um, but... Uh, uh, but yeah definitely like he likes toys and i i mean i get it i like them too except most of mine are just on my pedal board so at the time when i record craig when it comes to recording stuff for cavalcade it's always he busts out all these toys and like, i'm like well do you want to track you know like i don't know what to record and there's time to bust stuff out with it and we're like why well, was our bush record fuck you know that was really good oh so he has like these uh 
throw it at the wall kind of an effect with it, you know, where he's like, I found this. Let me see what I can do for this song with it, you know? So it's another experimental edge that we do. So it's like you hear the recording and it's done this way, but Craig will have some weird toy that he figured out how to put it in the song. There you go, you know. So I also I also yeah. gotta kinda blame our friends from Kalamazoo and that band yeah. Brown Company. Uh we play with this band Brown Company from Kalamazoo a lot, which um our friend uh Todd Karanen who plays bass and Jack Pine Snag and um oh, Sean is Sean is uh jammed with him before and some stuff and um I put out I one of his old band's records and stuff. So just a guy we've known for a long time. And we were playing a show in Kalamazoo, or was it in Lansing or Kalamazoo, Brad, that we first played with them? I think it was in Kalamazoo, right? I would think so. I, and, I and, don't remember exactly. I thought I don't remember how the connection came to my thought with through Ben Boggs, but I don't. All of a sudden they were there and we were nuts because the guitarist used to be in Violent Apathy. Uh, oh, Bowser, ben, ben, ben booked them. Yeah, that's right. Ben booked them, and then uh, Todd is the one who told us that like we'd be a good fit with them because they like yeah. make their own instruments. Uh, <laughs> that's how Craig's uh, band feeds into Craig's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick Dick Bowser from Violent Ap- Apathy, like a Lansing like hardcore legend, is in that band. Um, so so that's awesome. But then like the other members of that band, like a couple of them. Uh, uh, especially Brad in that band, like makes his uh, makes his own noise instruments, and and I think that was a big thing for Craig. Like you could see him the first time we played with him, like just like the gears like spinning in his head and stuff. So I feel like teasing on a Grand Rapids so, yeah. is like that too, where like Zach sees what is being brought to the table, and and uh, which is really it says a lot about like the scene of uh, you know being in bands years ago, and you know it was kind of the metal. And there's always been a great scene here in Michigan, but there's always you know, kind of the metal circles and like me and Sean ran around in that with Genesia and Summon and, you know, the punk circles are there. But now there's like, especially, you know, there's definitely in Detroit here, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, like the weirder bands that are kind of bringing the punk and metal and sometimes folk into it mm-hmm. in like these more diverse bills where it just, it's, uh, it's fantastic. You know, it's just all these things kind of coming together and, um, yeah it's not really obviously you're gonna have your bills that are in some should just be like okay this makes sense for the night these four death metal bands or these four like thrash but you just start noticing more and more bills that are just kind of more diverse and more bands taken just doing different things and stuff and like you know conrad twitty band out of grand rapids i don't really know how to explain them uh at all (laughs) like i think they're even way great band like they're like they're like heavy they're like heavy beach boys they're like noise rock beach boys like i don't know how to put it better i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds wild they're Uh, killer Killer yeah yeah, like i love playing with noise bands because it's like we can fit in but also it's like wow we're not the weirdest band here so that's kind of (laughs) cool awesome and and so we we've had uh ben join uh, ben, are you there? Can you hear us? Uh, yeah. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, so, so I should mention just because they're both here before Ben gets started. Um, these are like really probably like the sixth and seventh cavalcade members uh, <laughs> anyway. So it's a good thing they're here. 
um, <laughs> our last record, uh, they both contributed heavily uh, on uh, various instruments. So I, I used to play like saxophone on some of our stuff um, on like our first and second record. Uh, but also my saxophone broke and um, I don't know if you've ever uh, taken a saxophone in to get fixed, but it's very expensive. Um, and if you're not like playing it that seriously, it's really kind of not worth it. So, um, so I kind of miss like having saxophone on the record and like Ben played some saxophone on our last record. Um, on the and Sonic I feel Euthanasia? Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Sonic Euthanasia. Yeah. And I felt yeah. like he like asked me like what, what I wanted him to do. And I was just like, trying to explain it to him and it's just like wow yeah like the way like i'm picturing this is like so hard to explain but he like he pieced together all my nonsense and like made it work and so that was awesome and then jacob played cello on it so on a couple no on shit, a couple songs really? so um, awesome yeah fantastic yeah. that was that's a great album by the way Very cool. I, I loved it thank loved you it. Oh, thank, thank you. you we're we're so fortunate to know so many talented people that like can put up with us long enough to come and record some <laughs> stuff so <laughs> Or like I get the dumb idea, let's do this, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. So, uh, so Ben, did you have any questions for these guys? Uh, no, I just wanted to like stop in and say hey, and um, awesome. you know, I think um, I'm like within the running. Like, I think that Jake, Jacob, probably takes the title, but. I think I'm like within the running of being one of the Cavalcade super fans. So like, I just kind of had to like show up and like flex that top fan badge today, you know? <laughs> you guys are fighting awesome. it out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, well it's, um, it's funny because I, I do consider you guys like, I mean, you guys are, if, if there was a sixth and seventh member, it would be you guys. I mean, you probably have to fight for that sixth position, but for me, uh, we'll, we'll hold that contest at a later show. Yeah. Sixth and seventh would be cool, but if you're only taking sixth, I guess it's just going to have to be one of those like bare knuckles backyard wrestling barbecue fights. Oh, That's so right. you're you're like going further. You're gonna be like fifth or fourth. Like yeah, you're gonna like fight like, me and Brad too, or like tryouts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like brutal tryouts. Uh, our our old bands used to play with Ben's old band Eighth Chakra, so we also know he can probably play guitar as well or better than Brad and I. So, uh, so yeah, I guess we may we may have to fight him too. <laughs> nice, and uh, looks like. Uh, Looks like Chuck is joining, um, but he's he's connecting the audio right now. Uh, I love so, that he's like being cool and like getting the cigarette in. As he goes. Yeah, hey, Chuck, can you hear us? No, Chuck. Chuck, can you hear us? Hello, Chuck. You got a <laughs> great first name, buddy. Boy, destroyed. <laughs> got a couple of Chucks here. Yeah. What in the world are you showing us, Ben? It's, what is it's this? Chuck <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> I love Ben's. Ben's uh, got this great series of like anyone that goes on vacation, um, he manages to turn them into a uh, action figure. Um, I was just gonna his, say, you want to do a video his visuals special. are his visuals are so sick. Video, yeah, video. <laughs> hey, Chuck, can you hear us? Yeah. Oh. All right, awesome. How you doing, man? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> So uh, I've been kind of spinning around with the fans. You got any questions for the guys in Cavalcade? 
Uh, yeah, when are they coming back to Kentucky so we can play with them again? Because they're one of my favorite bands that we've played with. Same with you. And Chuck, what, what, Chuck, what band are you in? I'm in a band called Bastard Sons of a Judoscope. All right, awesome. Nice. So, so great let's answer band, that question, band. guys. We had a ton of fun with them in Louisville. Awesome. Hopefully, Louisville is like our home away from home. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, the scene down there is phenomenal. Hopefully, hopefully, or like probably. We'll see where how this year goes, but definitely next year. Definitely get back down. We gotta see how everything rolls out for like November. I know we're talking heavily about getting super focused on recording for like December, January, February. And then uh yeah. but next if it doesn't happen somehow this year, it's happening next year. We're going to Louisville. <laughs> we're coming. Yeah, we're coming. Awesome. Hang to hang and jam with you guys again, man. Well, it was yeah, a blast. Dude. I, Brad, you know, you've become one of my favorite fucking people, dude. So, like, I, I had to get on here for a second, like, distract you all. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. We love you, brother. Awesome. love you. Oh, man. It's been awesome getting hey. done. Hey, thanks for checking out. Hopefully we get to play together soon. Like, that was a – we had a blast with you guys last time we were down there. Oh, yeah, man. You all are awesome. Uh, you all – and also, it comes down to how awesome you are. Uh, the covers you all choose are perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Like, yes. We might actually choose to cover a metal band one of these days. But, uh, I've been I've been trying to get an Astabath cover going like for quite a while. Oh, uh, Astabath, there we go. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, or some shit. yeah, yeah. I've been playing uh, a Pagan Love Song for a long time and like just hoping hey, people yeah. follow along at practice, but we'll see eventually. I can definitely see you all doing uh, acid bath, man. Totally. I totally see you all doing that shit. That'd be we, cool we've actually that. called ourselves flaccid bath in the past. So, uh, <laughs> we've also, we've called ourselves Mackinac Island sludge. Like there's all kinds of like bullshit. We'll give people that like, we feel like are not going to get it anyways as a description <laughs> musically. Well, the important, the important thing, one thing that I love about you all though, and I, I'm not meaning to try to take up time room, but, but one thing I've always, I've always appreciated about you all is the fact that you all make so many different styles together. And you make it work. And the covers you all choose make it even better. The fact that you add your own little, like, two cents to it. I think it's killer, man. I think you all are badass. I talk about you all the time to all the bands we play with and everything. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank you so much for popping in, man. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, you all are great, man. Yeah, fan. So we did actually do a whole Cure cover set one time, too. So, like, that's where, like, some of this other stuff came from. Um that's been my favorite band since I was like six. So like I, uh, Lullaby was actually one of the first songs I ever learned to play on guitar. So like every once in a while, oh, like cool. I'll do this thing where I'll like, um, you know, not like play with my fingers per se, like I'll use a pick, but like I'll cross pick or whatever. And everyone's like, Oh, King Crimson, Robert Fripp. And I'm like, I actually learned that by learning how to play Lullaby by the cure wrong. But <laughs> I do love King Crimson, but I didn't right. watch Robert Fripp play guitar enough to to know the difference. But I use that in a crap load of our songs now too. So like, I love those bell tones. Well, it's whenever you yeah. start, uh, you all start using uh, your fingers with drumsticks for the string instrument, and that's when the King Crimson. Yeah, <laughs> that's when it comes in. So uh, I got a question, a, a couple questions I'd like to ask, and it and it's it's a group participation question and it's related to what was the first album you bought with your own money or it could be a gift like 
somebody gave it to you. Um, so let's let's start with Brad. What was the first album you got? With my own money. Uh, with your own money that you decided to purchase, or you said, "Oh, you know, somebody can you buy this for me for my birthday?" So you can throw that one in there too. I think the first it would be on tape. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was MC Hammer too legit to quit when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The Adams Family Values on there, and then probably the first <laughs> rock one would have been Aerosmith "Get a Grip." Still on tape. Still on tape. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, Kale, how about you? Yeah, I, I didn't. I kind of thought I would be the only one with a, a rap album uh, as their first, but um, mine was. Uh, I used to my my big rebellious streak when I was like 11, 12 or whatever was like we had a TV in our attic that was like hooked up to the cable somehow, uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I'd go up there like after my parents went to bed on like Fridays and Saturdays, uh, whenever it would come on, and watch uh, Yo MTV raps after like 11 or whatever. And, uh, and like, I think like the first video, like I enjoyed a lot of it. Like my, I had an older stepbrother who's like into a lot of hip hop, but like the first thing that really hit me hard was a award tour by a tribe called quest. And nice. so, uh, um, yeah, midnight marauders by a tribe called quest, is like first album I bought with my own money. Um, probably first rock album I bought with my own money is like way more hacking it. Just never mind, You know, I mean, oh, yeah. can't go wrong with Fuck that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Uh, Sean, how about you? Man, I'm a, I'm a little older, so um, I was actually like a, a, a rock and roll freak from like two years old. You were just older. You were like way cooler, way younger than us. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> I learned um, the live Ariel Speedwagon record front to when I was like three years old. Oh shit! I fucking love the art, the the colors on it, and yeah. played it. You know, you had your fucking uh, Winnie the Pooh fucking record or whatever. Oh. I played fucking <laughs> so that was like the first record that I remember freaking the fuck out on as a kid, you know. And then, but I remember like there was a certain point where like uh, my dad's friends and stuff realized that I was really into music. They were like, "Okay, cool." So they were like we're going to go to this record store and you can buy whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the day of singles. You know what I mean? So I right. hang out fucking uh, Bob Seger, Hollywood nights. Nice. This is like, awesome. it like, I, I don't even know the, how, I, how old I was when that came out, but I remember having her and just playing it and being like, I can roll, you know, <laughs> That, that's awesome it wasn't my own money but it was like someone said hey you can choose yeah. anything you want and i was like i want this you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah that's awesome i remember <laughs> one time i was like streaming this black metal documentary like just like arbitrarily like before i went to bed and like sean it just shows up on it and just like it's like <laughs> Uh, one of the first U.S. black metal bands, member of one of the first U.S. black metal bands. I was like, "That's that's Sean. What the hell? Like what? Like I mean, like I know I know everything you're a part of, but like it just like it totally threw me off. Like I'm not what? I don't usually run into one of my band members when I fall asleep streaming. Yeah. So what band was that, Sean? <laughs> I was summon. I was also in Celtics, which is like. I think you were talking about Masochist on this one for a little bit, or whatever, or maybe even Lucifer's Hammer. Oh fuck! You were in you were in Masochist and um, Summon. Yep, and also Lucifer. 
we probably played a show together because um yeah man i, I <laughs> smoked all that shit away so i don't remember a lot of it probably dude like yeah yeah i, I know i know we did a, a death fest with metal mom yeah. uh like a pre-death fest and we 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 played with masochist <laughs> that's fucking awesome <laughs> masochist was like one of the first like michigan or uh u.s black metal you know and it was like i wasn't i the story goes crazy and i can't i don't want to eat up all this time but it was like a very elaborate story of intermixing musicians that happened from like lucifer's hammer damascus to summon to yeah black mountains and like all this stuff like cross you know and it became what the scene became you know and like yeah man it's that's crazy a fucking whirlwind like i just remember going to like death the first michigan death fest and going oh my god that's morbid angel on stage yeah you know? yeah i started doing tape trading back then it was like it just sparked my love for music and that's fucking awesome playing with these i feel <laughs> i feel like like uh when i when i first uh came up to the area to go to msu like um summon was like really in their heyday and i remember like i was it was it was dumb and like a actually a big part of like why i got involved with like the local music scene and stuff is the lack of all ages shows at the time um and and just trying to bring that to like the punk scene but um yeah. aside from that like it was just wild like seeing like the articles like popping up like uh, you know, someone interviewed in the city pulse when they got back home from their like tour of Europe and stuff. And like, <laughs> it just like blew my mind that bands from the area were doing stuff like that, like really opened me up to the possibility of like what you could do. And like, I feel like sometimes like even still, like, I mean, I know Sean as well as anything now, like we've been stuck in a van together for like way too long to, to get starstruck but like sometimes like when you're hearing the old stories you're just like god damn man really like um, so yeah <laughs> no it's it's awesome i've been reading about shit this guy was doing like long before i knew that's awesome <laughs> so flipping back uh jacob how about you man what was your first album you bought with your money or or given the first one i can think of the first one I can think of was Black Sabbath Paranoid, and it came from uh, hearing Iron Man for the first time and thinking like, so I, I came from a novelty music background, like I cut my teeth with like uh, Dr. Demento anniversary CDs and Weird Al and shit like that. And so hearing like Ozzy's voice effect for, you know, I am Iron Man at the beginning felt like right at home. But then I was like, what is this? I don't get it. Was that was <laughs> that? I, I missed the boat on that. Um, I, but um, but yeah, that was that was the, the first one. And also just hearing stories about my mom in the 70s going to like, uh, you know, disco clubs and just harassing the DJ to play Black Sabbath. It's awesome. it's crazy the amount of people I know that got into Black Sabbath through Beavis and Butthead. So I always have to ask um, myself included. My. My dad loved all kinds. Of, my dad actually used to play in a band called the Midnight Suns um, that like would like open for like the MC5 and the Rationals and oh um, awesome and proto like Detroit stuff like that. Uh, but he like really like fell off like rock and roll in the 70s. Um, and like at that point, it's like the stuff he'd show me in the 70s is like Seals and Croft and like, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
Crosby, Stills, America. Nash and Young and stuff like not bad stuff, but like definitely yeah, it's less good. rocking. Uh, yeah. So so I kind of had to get into like Sabbath organically um, <laughs> and organically meaning but through Beavis and Butthead. But <laughs> it's awesome. Hey uh, Ben, how about you? What was your first album? Still there, Ben? Oh, there you are. Yep, I'm still here. Um, my first album was, well, I had um, kind of like Sean. I don't know why I'm so blurry, but You're just bear with me here. Um, yeah. At least there's not like a Steve Urkel dinosaur behind <laughs> me anymore. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, I had 45s and stuff too, like Sean did. Mine was a Shirt Tales um, record player, though. But the very yeah. first... Um, tape the very first tape that i bought with my own money was um me and my buddy went in on um injustice for all on cassette in lowell for a very very like short period in time we had a a record store there and i think we paid like 18 bucks for it on cassette in like 1989 (laughs) but like before that it was like i was very lucky to have rock and roll and was fucking justice for all First concert oh, was uh, yeah. my mom took me to see Metallica in 1989 at, uh, for Justice for All. I was like, nice. I was like 15 years old. Oh, awesome. But yeah, I hear you, dude. I was like in line waiting for that fucking record to come out, man. Like, oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember staying up at my grandma's house for like the midnight. Uh, the midnight release of the extended version of one i think it was like what like a 13 minute or 14 minute yeah. video and then, uh, johnny got his gun footage split in and i didn't go to sleep the rest of that night i was so pumped up yeah. about that and just the video was so scary like when it came out that i was like you know that i have to absolutely find out what these guys do more yeah. of this please and, and I'm, I'm curious since you guys um mentioned um that album and then they had the black album because I remember going to a, like a special release for that and being bummed out. So I was just wondering, were you guys bummed out too, <laughs> or did you like the black album? I don't know. You can like it, but I like. I was sad for a couple. Weeks. <laughs> I liked it for a couple weeks, and I was like, "Yeah, this is Metallica. This is the last one." Then eventually, it was like, "Okay, well, I'm missing something here." As it, and I realized that it was a, a different thing. You know, they were writing more melodies and ballady kind of stuff and i was like okay this is not ride the light yeah i mean so i was like there's a certain point where i was like this is great i'm excited yeah New Metallica record and i was like well wait a minute i don't know man uh and then yeah you know never mind came out and just fucking fucked everything up you know really <laughs> and it, they they how, how Metallica fluent at the time were you, Brad? Because I know, like, I mean, like, I, I kind of, like, they came out of my radar during the Black Album, but I definitely remember seeing um, that video from Injustice for, for All and being like, oh, yeah, this is, like, this is way cooler than that stuff. But but I, I was still, I like, way too into hip-hop to really, like, buy into it. Black Album's what introduced me into Metallica. That I didn't know anything yeah, when I was 11. So I, I'm of the, like, didn't even know and then went back. And I, I still really dig the Black Album. I get why it was such a shift as I got older. Uh, but, yeah, that was my introduction. Though I first bought 
I actually never bought the Black Album. I taped it off from Darm and then got a CD in high school. So I always had the copies. So, But I bought Injustice and bought everything else. When they do the extended stuff this fall is the first time I'll buy the Black Album 30 years after it came out. <laughs> Even though it's the one that got me into it. <laughs> uh, Nick, Nick Darm is the drummer of our first band with Brad and I. So like, yeah, I think, I think he got um, people like... Uh, for that band not lasting, he definitely like his his influence and his taste and like the stuff he'd kind of him and his brothers will get into definitely influence uh, Brad and I. We also used to practice in a granary out in the country in the band, so it influenced a lot of my hearing loss too. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, my other question, which Sean kind of like led right into, is like, what was the first concert you went to? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to see them in uh, at Pine Knob. Probably was '89 with a uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah, and, uh, nice. Yeah, it was uh, the 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 immediate concert that followed after that was the first Michigan Death Fest. Awesome! <laughs> wow. Blah 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 to like underground, so I got exposed, and that's where I like blossomed you know what i mean so yeah that was that was my whole thing was like you know i got to see metallic and go holy shit four guys can do that you know and yeah. they made me think that so going to a death fest where i knew friends of mine that were on stage was like oh man i can do that too you know that was that's yeah. cool. like that's awesome i got to see bands like you know deceased and <sighs> It was yeah. the main set, man. There's that was there, and it was the cool thing was that it introduced me to tape trading and stuff like that too. So it was like that's how I got exposed to the underground and just kept building and building and building. And now it's like where it's at, you know. But man, yeah, and it's still awesome. It's still going on. I mean, and that was All right. oh, sorry, buddy. No, go I cut you off. <laughs> uh, I, I was just gonna say that. Um, you know, that was the cool thing about those shows is that when you look back, like at the time, I did not appreciate the fact that we were seeing some of these bands that are like historic, right? Um, yeah. When you mentioned deceased and stuff, and it's like, Jesus Christ, they were like at this little tiny stage, you know, right here in Michigan, but right. it's crazy. No, I mean, yeah. it's all, it, I didn't think it was gonna be anything like that. I was like, I'm going to play guitar in a death metal band forever, you know, like. <laughs> It just right. all my friends. I'm gonna do it forever, and all of a sudden they're. It's just crazy, and like uh, uh, yeah. So for as far as first shows, Metallica, and then seeing the Michigan Death Fest, and I was just done, dude. So <laughs> I, that's awesome. I know where I can go from there, you know that that was really my, yeah. Episode where I'm at now, really, you know. So right. At that point, you just stop going to shows. Yeah. Like, I'm done. <laughs> done. You know, half of that. <laughs> top, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Brad, how about you, man? What was your first show? I went to a Frog Island Jazz Festival when I was 13 and 14. I can't remember who all played. I just went with a friend. Uh, and his dad, but the first rock concert was November 18th, 1995. White Zombie and Astro Creep with the Ramones on their farewell tour. And Super Flip wow. was direct sports to the Ramones and Super Suckers Open. 
that kind of cemented. I was like, you're you're being way too literal with that jazz thing. I was like, yours is way cooler than all of ours. <laughs> That's awesome. Rose bread. It, it like cemented my to be able to see because there was a part of me. It's like everyone says farewell tours like the Ramones meant it and they were all like sort of dying just a few years later. So that was, you know, they did a year, year and a half of farewell tour and that was it. But uh, that cemented my, when everyone was like punk and metal, like I was like, no, it exists together. Fine. You know, the Ramones were a huge influence on white zombie. Uh, you know, like it, yeah. the Ramones used to play shows of black Sabbath, which it would have been phenomenal to have seen one of those shows. Oh my God. Uh, I didn't, yeah. I never got it. They, both genres are underground, you know, the working class people. Uh, I, I never understood why you weren't supposed to like one and not the other. Um, but that kind of comes into Cavalcade where it's this love of punk and metal and, uh, and even like the new wave stuff. In horror stuff movies. We, we covered Pet Cemetery too, which combined our love of the Ramones and horror movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which would, that's another yeah. thing we released over quarantine. Awesome. So, so Kate, how about you? What was your first uh, concert? Oh, I want to know Jacob's first. Okay, Jacob, go for it. So I don't remember my first concert. I would want to know Ben's too, but Ben, ben yeah. kind of... Ben, ben that, that's typical that, seventh so. member behavior right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm giving you odds. I'm giving you odds in this cavalcade right. at the moment. Right. I, uh, I was too young to remember my first concert, but I got to hear all about it later was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, yeah, I was uh, just a little kid on my mom's Good shoulders, one. and uh, it was, I think, a Muskegon summer celebration, and uh, I got to hear all about it, you know, after the fact when I developed long-term memory, um, <laughs> but besides that, um, you know, we always had these, like, concerts in the park, and uh, the Youpers, again, novelty music background, I really uh, liked seeing them because they would have songs about, you know, your Chevy falling apart or it passed you too hard, it breaks a tooth. Uh, and shit like that. Uh, but then, uh, I... have, have I told you how the Youpers almost got me in trouble? No, oh, no, no, you haven't, but I have to good. hear it. Uh, so I, I worked uh, briefly. Um, I, I needed an internship to graduate, and uh, and I worked in the office of the Speaker of the House because that was like, weirdly enough, that was like the only open position in in like unpaid internships at the time i went to my counselor wow. um that that semester yeah. and so i got placed there and like they found out that like i would book shows at um like max and blind pig and like other clubs around michigan and stuff um when i was really like trying to like push the all ages stuff and bring that back to the forefront um and uh and so like they're like here's a ten thousand dollar budget um, could you book the entertainment for this conference in Mackinac Island with all of the speakers of house from all these different state legislatures? Uh -huh. um, Cause apparently it's something that happens every year, but it was Michigan's year to host just randomly like the year that I was an intern oh, there. And apparently the only one equipped to know entertainers. Um, and, uh, and so like the guy that was the speaker of the house at the time was from Cadillac, you know, and he was well, like rural outside Leroy, yeah. like, and he was like, uh, I want the Upers. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, that's easy enough. Like this, this is way under budget for me. So this is great. So I was about to hire the Upers and like my actual boss, like the person that hired me and then I worked under that was like his, um, you know, I don't even remember what her role is, but she was, you know, a 
managing me as opposed to him. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you tell him they're not available. <laughs> like, just like, we are not having dick and fart jokes up there <laughs> uh, for this event. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, sorry, youpers. Not happening. I guess. Oh, man. I end up with uh I ended up with a lot of speakers. I ended up with Ernie Harwell and Bo Schembechler, which I thought was pretty good for a Michigan uh, thing. But yeah. uh, the music options uh, were oh. apparently too contentious. Uh, his his uh, ask after that was Toby Keith because he was sponsored by GM or something at the time. And I was like, yeah, he exceeds I want our 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only time I've ever been able to book a show with a 10 grand budget. Anyways. <laughs> No, damn it! I wish the you yeah, no, that, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, they were regulars of my small hometown of Fremont, Michigan. Uh, they played the Baby Food Festival every summer, and um, well, nearly every summer. Um, yeah, I always hoped. I always hoped that you guys would play the Baby Food Festival, even though I don't think it would ever happen. Oh my. Yeah, we got booked there once, but apparently someone's boss told them, you tell them they're not available. <laughs> That's how it works in show business. That's right. <laughs> so, so Kale, what about you, man? Uh, so I think like the first, so I got dragged to a number of concerts. I had like music loving parents on both sides and I got, I mean, my dad never like, really took me out to anything because i think he's a little bit burnt out on that but my mom definitely took me some like grand rapids city festivals and things like that but i don't really remember anything until i saw um some concerts in the park when i was in high school with uh uh so the park would be in like adrian um we like grew up in lenaway county um or went to school down there brad craig and i and like um there was a band at the time called uh jarvis and there was another band called grover and like they'd play these shows in the park and like it was like cool like sort of grunge type stuff like it fit in with what was going on in the world right then and like it was just wild seeing like bands from our neck of the woods that like could hold up to that stuff and that's when i was like there's a lot of good bands out there like the ones that are like you see on tv or just like chosen by kingmakers or whatever and that made me like really understand uh, the music world a little bit better but probably my first one that anyone would recognize outside of Lenaway County would be uh, probably like the Suicide Machines they were like nice um, you know bigger on the punk side in Detroit at the time um, or uh, I think probably the 97 Warp Tour was like another big one for me I went with a bunch of punk friends and I think Craig was there for that one and uh, our uh, uh all right whoever took us like they're parked illegally and our van got like towed and like i think we ended up sitting out on the streets of detroit like trying to get like the van out of impound till like 6 a.m the next morning so it was a, a pretty strange time uh so the warp tour time uh not remembered quite as uh fondly as uh whatever my first suicide machines were uh show was and whatever my first um adrian park concerts were but um yeah those were kind of, it's kind of like an amalgamation for me <laughs> chuck played adrian before i did i played at some yeah club right, with, the centenary um, black and white fans will be in soon. oh yeah yeah jim i evidently saw me there <laughs> That's yeah crazy. jim jim another lenaway county resident like he grew up in tecumseh so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, did did were you aware of Jarvis or Grover at all? No. So uh, no, we 
we pretty much played like uh, with. We did a lot of shows with Harm's Way. Uh, I don't remember if you know. Oh yeah, guys. Ann Arbor. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. We I was gonna lot. say they were like an Ann Arbor and Detroit band, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. They, they're. Yes. Yeah. So we did a lot of shows with those dudes. We did. Uh, do you remember Youth yes, Corps? I do. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we did we did shows with those dudes, and then we did some shows uh, with we did a couple with Halloween uh-huh. in Flint Dude, yeah. and uh, oh, in nice. Frigid yeah. Bitch. Remember Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played Harpos with Frigid Bitch. Bob Brown played really guitar cool. in Frigid Bitch, right? Yeah. Oh, and Damien was it from Bob Toledo Paul was a guitar yeah. player for that band. Uh, yeah, and Frigid Bitch. Yeah, tattoo yeah. artist guy, right? Yeah. Tattoo artist guy. Mean? Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, he was. I know that. Yes. I've known that guy for fucking twenty years. Sweet and yeah. really, dude, awesome <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, it's so, crazy how many times you you and Chuck's paths have probably like crossed throughout the years. Though, oh, like, I'm pretty sure I've saw Sean at one of these shows because. I remember distinctly playing with Matt because my band was not death metal and we got on these death metal shows and we were like that band that was like, God, no order you get us. Everyone's looking at us going, what the, why the fuck is this band on here? We're like a, you know, speed metal, power metal band, you know, and we're on these death shows and like, so we, we, you know, our bass player was really into death metal. So we, added some death he did some death metal like backing vocals um to to make us <laughs> maybe feel a little bit you know and and you know we could play fast and and heavy but it was it was not like playing with demented ted i mean because that was who i remember seeing on one of those shows it was fucking like wow that's fucking demented, awesome yes but yeah yeah and lucifer's hammer we played with lucifer's hammer and we played pre-death with um I was- uh Got yeah, got. What was the band? What was the band called again, Chuck? Our, my band was Battalion. Battalion. That's I was in right. Hammer, Lucifer's Hammer, back when we did shows all together, way back when. I was the place Jeff That's Elrod. Oh, yes. you, oh, really? And then I went and joined Mascus with Jeff Elrod. <laughs> I didn't realize you knew who Jeff Elrod was. So this is a. Different yeah, it's crazy. So it's crazy. We can like do a th- something later about this whole other things if you want to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man. We, we'll have to like do go down memory like, road, man. The, the scene of Michigan. Yeah. Remember these dick faces, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then c- call up Jeff Jeff Stefanski, yeah. you know, because he was he was back yeah. in the day in Frigid Bitch and shit. So yeah, fuck yeah. Hey, Swiss <laughs> cheese, so like man. <laughs> wouldn't remember you were in battalion at all but i we did a lot of shows back in the day so cheers yeah fuck yeah yeah cheers man so i've got one last question for you guys um and i want to thank you again for being on fans with bands fucking awesome to be able to spend some time with you guys thank you um i want we, to thank you for yeah. writing our bio it's my pleasure <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you like it man. I, I had a, I actually had like a really weird thing back in the day where um, a lot of the punk bands I know would like ask me for a bio, like, which seems like a really weird thing to ask for. Like, 
Um, I did write for like the city pulse and um, you know, I write for a living and stuff, but it's not necessarily like I set out to write bios, but I used to really, um, I used to really like to take ketamine and write band bios. So, like, <laughs> there's a whole set of bands that like just have these like tripped out like bios for me and that it just like make no sense. You're just like this band sounds like dinosaurs waltzing together and like just like nonsense like that that like no one would make sense. Well, I gotta tell you, sometimes when I'm writing reviews or or um, show reviews or or album reviews, every once in a while I'll, I'll drink a little scotch and channel uh, Hunter S. Thompson and tried to get a little of that going on. So if, yeah, if you see any of that in there, you gotta, you gotta limber up a little, like what is the big Lebowski quote? <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, all right. So the last question is it's controversial. So be, be prepared. Pineapple, pineapple on pizza or no pineapple on pizza, Brad. Pineapple. I love, it. I just did it Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, fucking like let people do the things they want to do. I think it belongs there. If it brings people joy, go for it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's kind of a cop out, though. What about you? <laughs> oh, what? Oh, what about me? Like, yeah, like, okay. yeah. Okay. I believe people let, let... should be allowed to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. This is this I'm is a free gesta- country. I'm not the pizza Gestapo. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's the thing, though, Kale. Is I feel that <laughs> with this question, people adopt a, a Gestapo mentality. Oh, you know, yeah. there's just like, if I find out that you put pineapple on a pizza, I'm knocking down your door. I'm taking your family. <laughs> you know, it, it's bullshit. So on that level, sure. Yes. Thankfully, we all agree. But uh, for me personally, internally, yeah, I like it fine. I, I don't seek it out all the time, but like, I, I think salty, sweet go well together. Uh, and it's honestly, there's so many dessert pizzas that I would sooner, you know, th- you know, throw out my off my balcony, but like. I, I pineapple with uh, like pepperoni, other things. Great. Sure. Love it. Awesome. Kale. Um, I'm anti personally. I'm all for people being able to do it. I'm not trying to stop anyone from doing it. <laughs> I'm not knocking a piece of pizza out of someone's hand. If I see pineapple <laughs> on it. Um, I think my thing more was like, I'd probably be more fine with it now, but like growing up when you kind of like your favorite pizza toppings get calcified, like, yeah. um, I wasn't as big with the salty and salty and sweet combination, but also like, I think my family would order a lot of like everything type pizzas. And like, there's a lot of things you could pull off there and it'd still be fine. Pineapple is like one of the few things where it's like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just pick it off. No, no, it tastes like pineapple (laughs) juice, no matter what you do. I I think that's where like most of my hatred comes from is that like, it's a topping that like, if people don't want it, they can't just pick it off. Yeah. You're, you're stuck with it. It's, it's, you're doomed. Oh yeah. And, and Sean, I like options. I like, uh, I like creativity. There you go. Sean, how about you, man? Pineapple? Sean, well, I'm going to, uh, speak for me and Craig. Um, it, I like pineapple already, but man, we figured out a pizza where it's, uh, olives and pineapple. And that is the fucking shit. If you're fucking, you know, want to go, vegan or whatever the fuck on your pizza it's fucking good dude (laughs) really good now what about uh so i've you know been asking this question a bunch and the thing i've heard which i've not had and it's kind of intriguing is jalapenos with with uh pineapples i love jalapenos yeah it's, it's the best of both worlds right like 
Van Halen. <laughs> it's really funny. I I saw there's going to be pizza questions for this, so so I have to bring this up. Um, not too long ago, um, I mean, but before the pandemic, we played a, a show in Lenaway County, um, which is a, a rare treat because it kind of has to happen in like a barn or something if you do something down there now. Right. Um, but we did like we played this huge barn party and it was a a great time, but um christian having grown up up here always like uh always um is amused by like going down to where we grew up and uh it's funny how we talk about like how there's so few businesses in the towns that we grew up but all of them had like three to five pizza places (laughs) like no matter what like town of like 500 people you're gonna have three to five pizza places every single one of them um so like we were talking about the pizza places in uh blissfield where the show was which is where uh brad and craig went to school and uh and so uh, uh craig actually worked at a pizza place called home run down there which is now called something else um but uh but since all these pizza places are still around uh chris is like let's get pizza from all of them and see what's the best so like we rolled in we rolled into the show like having ordered on the way down like right when we were like 15 minutes from like all of them like we ordered a pizza yeah, from each of them and just like line these up in the van so like all these people like see us getting there and we're just like sampling like three not just three pizzas but like three pizzas from different places like trying to decide what's the best uh currently um because you know they they'd both been removed from there in a while too and we're curious like if anyone stepped their game up or whatever so uh yeah, awesome. you know, we we have fun with uh pizza hey, when we beach. Can. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah. So what was the win? Mm-hmm. Was there a winner? No, I could remember. Uh it was uh it was Lena's, wasn't it, Brad? Like I really Lena's was Lena's. I, I just was, remember being happy you had all the pizza because of all the beer that was drank, <laughs> including we found out a, a keg that they had not. So they had a fresh keg, and there was a second keg that almost tasted. It was very weird, and we're like, is it? I thought it was I thought it was a cider keg until someone told me, oh yeah, that's the one from two years ago. Sitting in the barn. I was like, why did yeah. you tap it? Like what? And never, oh, never so kept in the fridge. Just yeah, literally like just out there for all the elements. So it's the most skunked keg ever, which people were doing keg stands at at like two in the morning, trying to finish that keg. And I'm like, I am so glad because the good keg just went like quickly. And we're just like that's J- J- Jacob was with Jacob was with us yeah. down there for that one. That was a wild time. <laughs> What'd you see when you woke up? Uh, I the first I saw the roof of the van, and then I quickly before I re- realized it, I was there was a bench outside the barn, and I was just hanging out there trying to like hold on for dear life. Um, and then let's see, my God, what else? The dog. I, well, yeah. <laughs> The dog, first of all, first of all, okay, I'll, I'll walk you through what happened. I woke up and I felt like, I just I felt like shit. And then I was like, oh, now I have to take a shit. So there was a porta potty out there and I like lurch over to it. I get there. There's no toilet paper in there. I'm like, this is, 
this is this is not gonna i can't do this so i don't know anybody at the house that's near the barn but i'm like this is an emergency i they'll understand once i get in there and i just open the door gingerly and the dog just starts barking at me relentlessly and i'm like oh god oh god oh god and i'm just trying different doors and the dog is behind like you know a child fence and i'm just i find i got the right door i made it outside um and i'm on the bench riding it for dear life and then uh, i just i puke everywhere and then the people who are in the house come out and they bring the dog with them and the dog just makes a beeline for the vomit and i'm like please please don't and so now i gotta like i'm hung over and i'm trying to keep this duck from eating my puke but i can't keep him awake he just keeps coming back like you like what he'll do is is he'll like walk like nearby it and then pretend like oh i've never seen this before like what, what's what could this be over here and just you know makes a beeline for the are you saying you got tricked by the dog the dog is smarter than (laughs) one could have one could have anticipated he's like yeah it was he's like i know that is is a pretty is a pretty shwasty show all around (laughs) yeah the dog's like i know he's got a belly full of pizza and beer (laughs) yeah oh man that's awesome (laughs) well thank you guys again for being on fans with bands this has been fantastic (laughs) thanks chuck always a good time man. thank you thank you it was good seeing you all right yeah it's great to see you guys man all right thanks again thanks again to kale brad sean jacob ben and chuck for joining me on this episode of fans of bands cavalcade is a stellar band and it was a lot of fun to talk with them and their super fans hit up their Bandcamp and facebook pages to pick up their music and keep track of when you can catch them live See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industry, such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.